You're listening to the Harvest Christian Fellowship Weekend Message Podcast. To learn more about our community, like what we believe and how you can take a next step, visit us online at hcfcornwall.ca or join us for one of our services this weekend, Sunday mornings at 9.15 or 11 here at 847 York Street. Good morning. How you all doing? No pressure. Every week the video says there's going to be a powerful message. No pressure at all. We are going to have a powerful message today. I believe that God wants to touch some hearts today and uh, set some people free from things of yesterday or before, and God wants us to walk uh, victoriously and, uh, and dil- diligently and intently, we're going to find out today, in our after. And so welcome Everybody that's here in the room, love that you're in the room. I met Oliver today. Uh, Oliver, first time in the room. You've been watching online, though, and you're here today. We welcome you, Oliver, and others that are probably here as well. So online, we love you. We love that you're online. But it's way better in the room, huh, Oliver? You have to say yes. Good. Okay, good. No, it is way better in the room, and we love that we're able to do the stream as well. So God bless everybody that's watching on the stream today. Before and after part four, uh, last week we talked about living in your after. Before we were saved, we didn't have access uh, to transformational power that was provided on the cross. We can try to change ourselves, and that's just pushing the peas around the plate, as my kids used to do when we were having dinner time. You can change it up, make it look different, but it isn't different. It's the same. And so we're talking about transformation a miracle that's provided on the cross. And I believe today uh, you're going to have, many of you are going to have an aha moment uh, as you uh, kind of lean into what God is saying today about how to experience God's transforming love in your life today. And so, Father, we just ask that you bless everybody online here in the room. I pray for those at step one this morning. Uh, help them survive Graham. Um, and uh, we thank you for him, Jesus, and all that he does and all that you're doing. In, his, in Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said? Amen. We love Graham. love picking on him, too. So 1 John chapter 4 says, and so we know. Say no. This is important, and so we know. The assumption that John's writing, the Apostle John is writing to the churches, the assumption is that we know, which means we've experienced. We don't just know it in our head. We've experienced God's love. So we know God's love. We rely. We trust God's love. It's interesting to me that oftentimes um, we don't give enough room for people to know and rely, learn to trust in God. And so we share the gospel with them, um, and maybe they come to church with you here at Harvest, and at the end of a service, they say, yes, I want to follow the Lord. And those of us that have been Christ followers for some time, often we think there's this like instantaneous where you're a Christian now, and you should just trust God. Well, you have to learn to trust and God is faithful, and he continues to pour out his love. And the, the writer here says, John says, and so we know uh, and rely on the love that God has for us. So it's a growing relationship every day, every month, every year. We grow in our experience and our trust in God. Why? God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. It's just talking about that relational unity. Jesus said the same way to his disciples, I'm in you, you're in me. There is no fear in love, 
And so many people still approach God fear-based. And it says, but perfect love drives out fear. We're perfectly loved by God, unconditionally loved by God. And it drives fear out because fear has to do with punishment. And we know Jesus was punished in our place on the cross. The one who fear, the one who fears is not made perfect in love or in this transformational process. Not going to happen if fear stands in the way. We're afraid of judgment. We approach God in a way that we keep him at a distance. Then his transformational love can't get to where it needs to get to change us. And so we want to deal with, and this morning, if you're you know, still kind of dealing with this idea that uh, you're not righteous, you're waiting someday to be righteous, that Scripture declares that Jesus' righteousness was given to you, you are already righteous. Say, I'm righteous. And that's not righteous with an attitude, more righteous than somebody else, but in right standing with God. And my sins are forgiven. And, and all that the cross provided is already mine. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because he first loved us. And so he initiates this whole thing. You didn't decide to love God. He was loving you first and drew you in. So everything that happens in the spiritual realm in our relationship with the Lord happens because of faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. And so everything happens by faith, which is just another way of saying trusting God, trusting what he does, trusting what he says, trusting his word. And we're learning to trust, to put faith uh, in God. And we talked last week that it's important, in fact, it's imperative, that we get heaven's perspective about what God thinks about us. And so Jesus brought the limitation of the loaves and the fish, and he looked into heaven, literally, he recovered his sight so he could see how God saw what he was holding. And God holds you and he holds me. And it's too easy to cop out, I'm going to say it that way, and give in to the enemy and say that I'm not the things that God says. Look at me, I'm just five loaves and two fish. No, you need to get heaven's perspective so that you can know and rely on God's love and what he's saying. And I want to look at that today because what we're really talking about is changing our belief system, what we believe in our heart. The Bible says that if you believe in your heart, and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. You believe in your heart. Say, in my heart. It's important because a lot of us try to believe in our head, and it doesn't line up with our lifestyle. It's not because we're bad. It's not because we're being rebellious. It's not because we're just awful people. It's because we've not aligned what we're saying with what we really believe. And we want to change our heart and have Jesus come and change our heart because when we experience uh, and we saw the powerful story uh, on Easter of Christina's uh, before and after. You heard in the story that she was experiencing, and that she'd get emotional about it. And if you talk to her today, Christina, you'll still probably uh, cry a little bit because it's so fresh and it's so wonderful feeling the great big hug of Jesus, right? And, and that just keeps going, doesn't it? And you're growing in that and experiencing that, and that you know that even if we're feeling like, oh, I don't feel that right now, you can go to the place of prayer and begin to experience his love over your life. And it's in that love, knowing you're accepted, that when he says, come on, that we take those steps of obedience because we do them based on his love for us. And so it happens, a change 
of the heart. So I want to look at that. Let's look at a scripture from Matthew chapter 13. If you've got your notes, you're following. We're going to use them all uh, in a moment. I'm going to refer to something at the end of your notes and uh, show you how to use that and take it home. Then Jesus told them many things in parables, saying, A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it didn't have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came out, the sun came out, the heat of the day, the plants were scorched, withered because they had no root. Other seed fell amongst thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil, where it produced a crop, a hundred, sixty, thirty times what was sown. Whoever has ears and whoever has eyes, getting God's perspective today, let's hear what the Lord is saying. I don't have time to uh, unpack all of this parable because it goes on for several um, paragraphs and verses. And Jesus gives an explanation, uh, a really adequate explanation to all of what the parable meant. And so um, instead of unpacking, I want to just say this, that the soil types Jesus explains are expressive of our heart, how our heart, the condition of our heart. And he talks about these different heart types, and I want to talk about heart types and have you listening to begin relating to which heart type uh, is mine. And so let's look at the path heart. And you may uh, be like me at the end and go, all three. I'm not living in the fertile. I want to. I'm believing for it. And then we're going to talk about how to transition into your new heart, your fertile soil heart. Say fertile soil. Come on, it's a place of multiplication and blessing and God's work and transformation. Uh, Christine and I have been in full-time ministry for 35 years, and what I'm about to share is probably one of the most misunderstood things in Christianity, and it grieves my heart when I talk to people who have experienced God's love at some time in their life, and then they shift like the Galatians, and we looked at that last week, and go into heavy labor mode of trying to serve God, and nothing seems to change, and they're still dealing with the stuff that they were dealing with years ago, now as Christ followers, and it's like they're not plugged into that transform transformational power. And it's not because it's not available. It's because someone hasn't explained to them how to believe in their heart, put faith and trust in God to begin moving into the fertile soil of what God has. And so I'm just a little excited about this. I want to share with you today. So farmers have paths and roads that run through their fields. It was the case as I grew up in an agricultural area in southwestern Ontario. And uh, we uh, drove our our motorcycles, rode our horses, the farmers used their tractors, and you stayed on the road. You did not go into the cultivated areas of the field, um, and we were guests uh, in our neighbor's fields to do that. He allowed us to ride our horses and do these things, but my dad was really clear. You never go into the cultivated part of the field. It's like, that's precious. That's That's been tended and cultivated, and uh, so we don't go there, but the road 
The road is where, and in Jesus' time, it would be the same. And there wouldn't be tractors, but there would be farm animals. Uh, there would be oxen pulling carts and lots and lots of people. When we understand the agriculture of this time, especially when it was harvest time, uh, many, 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 many farmhands would go out to cultivate, and they would stay on the paths until it was time to uh, kind of 90-degree rule, like in golf, until you cross into where you're going to work in the field. And so this soil uh, on the path, it's still soil. It's still the same as the fields, except it's been walked on a lot. Say walked on. Walked on a lot. Or maybe something even heavier has pressed down on this heart that Jesus is talking about and compacted it very tightly. And so many things can happen in our lives that will compact and harden our hearts. Life will do this. A failed marriage can compact a heart. And so that a spouse that has suffered infidelity or betrayal or whatever has happened in that particular instance, that the ability to trust, it's almost as if it's been broken and the trust muscle no longer functions. And that's a heart that's been compacted. That's a heart that's been walked on. Young children who've experienced divorce Often, uh, even as adults, and as I've talked to people that have come into my office to say, I-, I don't have a very good trust muscle, and you begin to talk and hear their story. And as children, they experience um, a marriage that failed. And, and so typically, and if, even if you're an adult that have, has experienced that with your parents, you know that children will process immediately that it was their fault. And it's very, very difficult to unprocess that apart from a miracle. And Jesus, as we're going to talk about, who the one who heals the heart. And so that can uh, compact or walk on a person's heart. A traumatic event, abuse definitely uh, will harden and walk on a heart. There's so many things that can compress our heart, walk on our heart. And then you come to uh, a church service or somebody shares with you the love of God and it sounds amazing. It sounds too good to be true, right, Christina? It's almost like this is too good to be true. And for you, and I wanna just encourage people, this is a process. It was a five-year journey where you sat in that chair, you served, and you were, you were faithful to God saying this is too good to be true, but the love of God somehow hadn't quite got into where it needed to get to, but when it did, it was like, wow, this is real. Sorry, I'm making you cry. And so, and so I just, but thank you so much for just letting us use your story a little bit. I said it was one Sunday, now it's four, so uh, it will be. <laughs> and the seed of God's word and the message of the good news and God's love and there's a, there's a salvation, yes. But then as we begin transformation and all of what's already happened at the cross and now we're going to live that out, there's like, it's so difficult because instead of the seed and, and the scriptures teach us that the birds took it away before it had a chance to get in where it needed to get. Remember our belief system of our heart. And there's another belief system in our heart that's already activated, of the hard, compressed, walked-on heart. And it believes what it believes based on the information that it's experienced your whole life. And so it's hard to argue with what life has already showed me and proven to me. And so our belief system kind of goes like, I'm unwanted. I'm not lovable. 
I'm not enough, and I never will be. And the perspective is believed so deeply that when God's word comes and says, I love you, I will never leave you or forsake you. Again, it's, it sounds so good to be true, and it's competing with a belief system that's been compacted into your heart. It seems like no matter how hard you try to convince yourself, if you're doing it here, you won't. And you will have ongoing patterns in your life because you're the, you're the person who experiences a compact or a hardened heart. This is not a rebellious heart. This is a hardened heart. It's been walked on. Number two, a shallow heart. No, you're not shallow. <laughs> Maybe somebody's told you that. But your heart is. And what did Jesus mean by that? Well, this is soil. There is soil here. Your heart isn't compacted so hard that your walls are up all the time, uh, that, that you know all of these things have taken place that kind of have rewritten your journey, rewritten your life story, and it keeps going. And I'll allude to that in a moment. Uh, but this is your, you've got, you've got some softness in your heart, some ability to receive and hear the promises of God and receive the love of God. But when things are going really good, you do good. But when the sun comes out in the heat of the day and situations and circumstances in your life, not so much. And then it feels like that the bottom goes out of your life and you go in and what you, you would be a person that is experiencing a cyclic good and bad, good and bad, good and bad. I overcome, I fail, I overcome, I fail, I overcome and I fail. And this, it seems like there's no lasting fruit, no lasting progress in what God has promised you. Um, and and as, as trial and tribulation comes, it's just so difficult. And you wonder how many times is God going to kind of allow me to do this? And the good news is as many times as it takes until it gets into your heart and you realize that he wants to do something so great for you. And so a heart where there's no lasting change and you're fighting a cycle. A number of years ago, uh, in a different church that I was serving, a gentleman came into my office and I'd known him from church and he'd made an appointment to come in and speak with me. And he had some difficulties that he was dealing with. And he said, can, can we talk about it? And I said, that would be great. Let's do it. And so he was telling me some of his story. And I could tell there just wasn't a lot of confidence. He wouldn't give me a lot of eye contact. And at the beginning of every sentence, he would, <clears throat> he would clear his throat as if it was very difficult for him to say something. Then he would put an inflection at the end of all of his statements as if it was a question but he was making statements, but it was, he wasn't sure if he believed them himself or if I would believe it. And so his tentativeness was so pronounced in hearing his story. I knew his kids because they went to uh, the Christian day school where I was the principal. And they thought their dad was incredible. But when I asked him, hoping to celebrate his family life, he felt like a complete failure. And he couldn't see the good things that his children saw. He just saw himself as failing as a father, being a huge disappointment, and not being able uh, to kind of to do the very thing I'm talking about today. He'd been serving God at that point about 15 years. And he said, I'm just weary. Is it supposed to be this way? I said, no, it's not. But let's, let's continue going. Well, as I heard him and 
heard his disappointment that he was a hard worker uh, at work, and it seemed like he was picked over every time there was a promotion. And he worked harder than the other guys were working. Uh, he, had, he had done some factory work, but he had managerial capacity, and it just was never noticed. And he just felt like, see, I'm a failure. I never, I never are noticed by anybody. I, I've never succeeded. Well, there was, uh, as he continued uh, talking, there was a story that really stood out to me. It's the course of just praying together and talking together. He told me about his eighth grade graduation, and it was a really special occasion. He came from a small town, um, and it was a district kind of wide public school that he went to. And uh, now as a, you know, a 40-something-year-old man, it was a memory that he was sharing. It was really important. His mom had purchased him, which was a big expenditure in their home, a new suit to wear, to have pictures taken and go to the graduation and to go to the grad party. He'd never had a suit before. He put the suit on and looked at himself in the mirror, and he described how he thought, wow, look at me. And, and he saw himself in the mirror in a way he had never seen himself before. And he just thought that that suit looked so good, man. He was, he was feeling it. He was working it, you know, and his mom was really excited because she picked out a good suit, and she thought it, it, really, it really matched well the shoes and the belt, and she'd gone to really lengths to make sure that the suit looked so good, and it did. And in his excitement, uh, his mom said, why don't you go show your dad? So he went into the family room where his dad was sitting in a chair that he always sat in after supper for most of the evening. And doing what he was always doing, that was reading the newspaper. He walked up and he cleared his throat. <clears> throat> dad. Dad. And his dad didn't hear him. Dad. And then the newspaper began to ruffle a little bit and it lowered. And his father looked just enough space to look over the top of the newspaper. He could see his father's face. He said, Mom. <clears throat> Mom wanted me, <clears throat> Mom wanted me to show you <clears throat> my suit. His father stared at him for a bit and then said, you can put a ribbon on a garbage can, but it's still a garbage can. And the paper went back up. Now, I knew from the story this wasn't a standalone story. You start to put the pieces together the way you just did as I told it. And as I listened, but he himself was telling a story that as we listen objectively, we have the capacity to, put, to connect some of the things of why the cycles in his life, why the shallow, what, what was a shallow heart. Because his father never believed in him. His father never, uh, there was a little soil there, but not enough that when things got tough, that his dad was there to say, hey, come on, we can do this. He didn't have a coach in his life. He didn't have someone that believed in him. And so what he did believe was that he couldn't do it. He's a failure. And my life is going to attract the garbage. And listen to me, because this is important. No matter what soil type you experience, you will literally, because of your belief system of your heart, you will attract sameness to your life. Though you would say, I don't want that, but you set yourself up for it. The person with the hard heart and walls up and not being able to trust in a relationship and wondering why there's relationships that just don't seem to last because the, the thing that makes a relationship of love and trust, you can't quite get there. 
the person with a shallow heart, and these cycles because you're convinced you're going to fail. And literally, you will set yourself up for failure because that's your belief system. And that's why it was attracted to his life. And though he worked so hard, he was never noticed. And if you were to sit in the office or how I described this in the story today, his confidence level didn't say, I'm an overcomer, that I'm a child of God's, that God has a future for me and a destiny. He didn't believe that. He could quote the scriptures, but he didn't believe it. And he said to me, is this the way it's supposed to be in Christianity? And I said, no, no, God wants to heal your heart. He wants to take you to new soil. Forget that old soil. Forget what you believed before. It's time to feel the healing touch of God. And he went on, and it didn't happen immediately. But month after month, and we left, and I came here to plant harvest. And a number of years ago, probably six or eight years later, we were having an event, and he made a beeline for me. And he did looked me right in the eye with some of the confidence that I had not seen years before. Shook my hand and thanked me. Said, my marriage has never done better. He said, I've never been a better dad. And things are amazing at work. Thanks for telling me about a God who can heal your heart so the truths of God's heart can be believed and embraced where it matters. Not here, but in here. The thorny heart. You've made a decision to make Jesus your Lord and Savior, and you want to you wanna do and be, and, and so you begin this journey, but there's something, there, there are unhealthy influences in your life. The story talked about thorns that grew up. It's talking about toxic relationships, relationships that have a lot of power over you, relationships that are contrary to what scriptures are teaching or the way you should go and they begin questioning you or maybe it's not a particular person but you grew up in your life so wanting and needing love from another human being that really you are prepared to do really whatever it takes to receive love from somebody so you will do stuff that you do maybe don't want to do but you do it because the other person seems to either benefit from it or appreciate it and so um there's been these cycles since you've been little and go through school, and maybe now even you find yourself in relationships that aren't working because you're giving out what you don't want to give out. You don't have a no. You can't say no. And so you live in an environment that God is saying, let's go this way, and somebody goes, what? You, you, what? You're really going to do that now? Oh, right. And you cave and give in. Because the thorns, the toxic environment chokes out, the scripture said, what God is saying, but this is good. This will take you places you never dreamed of. This is going to bring blessing that you never imagined. And as you obey God and do what God is saying, but your belief system is, but it's more important. I don't want to be rejected. I don't want them to turn their back on me. You don't know the cost. If I serve God, I might lose these other relationships. And I would say, as Jesus embraces you and loves you, you might discover those are the best relationships to lose that you could have imagined. But why do we find ourselves? Because the heart, the heart has thorns growing in it. The fertile heart is the one I'm excited about. The one that when the seed comes on it, it refers to a person who hears the word and understands it, hears the word and understands it, hears the word 
and understands it. And that doesn't mean understand it intellectually. He goes, oh yeah, God really loves me. God wants to set me free from my addictions. God loves me so much that he wants me to experience forgiveness because he knows forgiveness will take you down a road of bitterness and bitterness eats you up and it causes your life to be paralyzed. But when you experience forgiveness and you're able to forgive, all of a sudden, man, I, I, this life is worth living. I want to stick around for this. I love that in your closing part of the video. I want to stick around for the promises. I don't understand it all you said, but I want to be here for it. It's something in our heart now, not just hope, but faith begins to grow because we hear and we choose to go, I have a belief system that's contrary to this. I'm going to deal with it. I understand what God is saying. This is the one who produces a crop yielding 160, 30 times what was sown. Doesn't that sound like a good heart? And that's going to have multiplication and blessing. That's going to have transformation. That's going to have prosperity. That's going to have getting, getting away from past things and, and moving. Not, not, a, not a heart that's so trodden down it seems too good to be true. A heart that, that is shallow and cyclic and, and you, you get on a little bit of it, but not, not as much as you should be. Not a heart that is, is competing, competing for uh, voices and say, no, a, a heart it says, this is the heart that God gave me. It's a different heart. Ezekiel 36, if I could have the team come up and begin to play, actually begin playing guys right behind me as you good. We're going to just do a little ministry time corporately. And God said this to us, I will sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean. And he's talking about the moment that we uh, salvation happens in our life, and we choose to make Jesus Lord and Savior of our life. He washes yesterday. He washes our sin. Not only the sins we've committed, but the sins committed against us that have walked on our hearts, that have caused rocks to, be sh to have shallow hearts. Thorns were planted there, but he cleansed that. And I will cleanse you from all your impurities, and from your idols. So the things that were important to you before, they're not going to be important to you anymore. God's going to be first and foremost in your life. I will give you a new heart. There it is. I will give you a new heart. Somebody say new heart. Come on, you're getting a new heart. Somebody's, the aha is going to happen. And you're going to go, I don't want to live and be triggered anymore about what's been in my heart, but I need a belief system that comes out of a new heart, the heart that Jesus gave me, and I will put a new spirit in you. That's the Holy Spirit. That's the transformational spirit. If the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, and apparently it does. Yes, it does. Oh, yes, it does. Because Jesus put it in there when you said, Lord, will you come into my life? And he sends his Holy Spirit power into your life. I'll put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you the heart of stone. I'll remove it and I'll give you a heart of flesh, thump, thump, soft heart. That's the heart that receives. And I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. He's saying, I will be the impetus. I will be the power behind that. As you accept my love into your heart, then you will live in the land that I've given your ancestors. That's talking about the promised land. It's talking about the promise made to Abraham. I don't have time to share how that connects to us today except to say this. The promised land is a land of the transformed life. 
that we can live in victory. Is it, does it mean we're perfect, that we're perfected, that we never sin again? No, it doesn't mean that. But it means we're a long, long ways from the before, and we're well down the road in our after, leaving yesterday behind and, and, and learning to live in the blessing uh, of God. You will live. Somebody say live. Not visit it. Not come back to it once in a while. You will live in the promised land. You will be my people, and I'll be your God. Living in your transformation of your after requires that you understand your heart needs healing from things that have taken place in the past that are dictating your belief system. And for somebody today, you, you may, why, why the conflict in me? I want to believe and obey, but it's like, I just, I, it's so hard. Why? Because you don't have the soil to put it in. And Jesus is saying, come on, let's, let's go live in the new heart. And allow him a process where you begin dealing with some of these things that have taken place. I'd like every person in the room just to close your eyes right now. If you just get in a posture that's comfortable, I, um, nothing weird's going to happen so you don't have to peek what's happening now. I just, just simply for the, a moment of reflection and a moment of just kind of centering in it, really getting into this moment. In fact, just realize that you have feet and they're on the floor. And just feel them right now. This, this is a little exercise. It's like, oh yeah, I'm here in this room. What I'm going to do is I'm going to read some beliefs. This is not an exhaustive list, but it's, it covers a lot of things. And these are the beliefs of a broken heart. And as I read them, one or two, maybe three, will resonate with you. Like, if you're honest, yeah, that's actually what I believe. I just want you to listen as I go through the list, and then I'll give you some directions after I read it. So just with our eyes closed, listening. I'm just not good enough. I'm incompetent. I can't get it done no matter how hard I try. I'm not lovable. Nobody would desire me. I'm different, just different. I'm unwanted. Truth be told, I'm just a bad person. I'm weak, I'm powerless, no matter how much I try. I can't, I can't escape from what I seem to be running from. I'm not safe, I never will be. I don't deserve to be forgiven. If you only knew, nobody likes me. I mean, really, nobody really likes me. They'll tolerate me. They don't, they don't like me. Nobody wants to spend time with me. I'm just not capable. I will never succeed. I'm limited. I just have a lot of limitations. God could never use me. I'm a disappointment. I can't please God. When I did this list, I could identify. I want you just to open your eyes and look at your notes right now. 
if you have an ability to have a pen and mark and if not that's okay but just look I just read that list down the way it is on here and I want you to note those beliefs because you're going to deal with those I'm just going to show you a simple prayer here and this is going to be a part now of your daily time with the Lord and in prayer and when something triggers and you realize what's happening and you can identify today you might have all soil types except the fertile soil or maybe you landed on one that you really understand and the good news is it doesn't matter how hard your heart is he's giving you a new heart it doesn't matter how shallow he's giving you a new heart it doesn't matter how toxic the relationships and the environment you've been raised in it doesn't matter he's giving you a new heart a heart that has been healed Listen to the beliefs of a healed heart. I love my life. I'm so thankful. I believe that God wants me and he, he provides for me to succeed. I'm not disqualified from having great relationships. I am completely forgiven. I am righteous. God always provides for me. God has my best interests in mind. God wants to prosper me and promote me. God loves me unconditionally and completely. I'm safe and secure in God's faithful protection of my life. I am not a disappointment to God, and He is not angry with me. He loves me. Is, are those great beliefs right there? Just put your hands together and say, God, I'm going to have those beliefs. If you have them already, celebrate that. You've got a heart that's healed and moving into a place of fertility. And here's what I want to do right now is, as you look at two or three that you have chosen, we're putting a prayer up. And uh, we're going to read through this prayer, and then I'm going to pause and give you some more direction. But if you pray this, and really pray it as you're relating today, and pray it from your heart, but let's pray it out loud. Will you pray it with me? Jesus, today I ask that you recover my sight. I want to see me as you see me. I want to live in your reality of my life. I acknowledge that I have believed things about myself based on the pain in my heart and the things that has happened in my life. Things I have done and things that have been done to me. And we talked about pain. I just want to give you a little direction. And I want you to give it a name right now as you're praying. Embarrassment, rejection, shame, abuse, abandonment whatever you kind of relate to today and what you're going to do is take these tools home and you're going to do this but give it a name we're going to continue praying and where it says pain pain i don't want you anymore i want you to pray the name that you want to deal with the, the giant and for christina for you it was and it happened kind of in a moment was unforgiveness well, unforgiveness was just choking the life like thorns out of your life and then God began to say, no, come on, we're walking out of this. We're going to the new heart. We're going to a better place right now. And so uh, you give it a name right now, all right? So I'll say pain, but you give it a name. Uh, one, two, three, and then we'll start praying again. One, two, three. Pain, I don't want you anymore. Let's pray it all together. You are not from God. Let's try it again, all right? This is important. Pain, I don't want you anymore. You are not from God. You bring no benefit to my life. I will not 
allow you in my heart any longer. Jesus, you are the healer of my heart and the lifter of my head. Thank you for healing me from this pain and canceling its influence in my life. With your help, I'm going to put off my old way of thinking and embrace in my heart your way of thinking of me. Amen. Amen. Bow your heads right now. I want to pray a prayer and then I'm going to ask a question. Just bow your hearts right now. Father, I pray all across this room, somebody's saying it can't be that simple. Oh, it probably, it, yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. Because the enemy doesn't want you to know that you can begin moving to a new heart and a healed heart. And yesterday can be canceled. Yesterday, in fact, listen to me right now. The Bible says all things work together for good to those who love God or call. And you're called in this room right now. And God is going to take your ashes and turn them into beautiful things. God is going to take before and bring an after. Come on, your testimony, your story is going to be, I've known Jesus, but I didn't know about the Jesus that could heal my heart, that could soften a heart that was so walked on, that could give me depth after being in a cyclic understanding of things, living in relationships that were so toxic that I didn't know how to say no and move into the things of God. But today... Your belief system is going to intentionally change. Father, I pray for grace to pour into hearts so people will catch themselves thinking this week in a way that doesn't align. They'll pray this simple prayer. Oh, I don't want, no, I don't want that belief. I don't want to believe that. Lord, I choose to believe what you say. Let your love come into my heart right now. Amen. Keep your heads bowed and just eyes closed right now. I just want to ask the question, if there's someone in the room with us today and you've never made the decision to make Jesus your Lord and Savior, to have him come into your life the way we've been talking about. Maybe you're online today. Today's your day. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. It's simply saying today's your day. God's got you here today to receive his love, his forgiveness. If you've never, you've never received Jesus, he's knocking on, on, on the door of your heart right now. If that's you, I'd like to pray for you today. In fact, we'll pray together. I'll lead you in a prayer of invitation. Jesus always says yes to it. Today's your day. If that's you, I'm going to count, count down from five. Just simply raise your hand when I say one. Uh, as We're just for privacy. Our eyes are closed. If that's you uh, and your hand goes up, I'll acknowledge it. You can put your hand down and we're going to pray. The God of heaven is going to come into your life in five, in four, three, two, and one. Lift your hand so I can see it. A little guy right here. Bob, bless you. Any, anyone else? Anyone else today? Just because I was looking at this little guy. Uh, is there anyone today that would say, yes, I want to receive Jesus today? Anyone online? Just text it in. Church, would you stand to your feet today? We're going to pray this prayer together. If you uh, wanted to raise your hand or you didn't or you're online, we just want to give this opportunity for you to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Let's all pray this prayer together. Dear Jesus, thank you that you love me. I receive it today. Though I don't understand it all, something in my heart says, say yes to this. That's the Holy Spirit. I receive you today. Forgive my sin and give me my new heart. Thank you, Lord. Amen. We believe if you prayed that prayer, you're born again. You're beginning your journey. Go ahead and celebrate that. Let's pray this prayer just before we're dismissed today. Or sing this song before we're dismissed today. Beautiful.
you go on your way and um, take Jesus with you and um, be blessed this has been amazing 
Father, I just pray, God, a blessing today. Father, just bless everyone as they leave. Have a blessed week, Harvest. We love you.